Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy part three of the Kingdom series by Pastor Greg Seamus. All right. Come on, man. A new kidney? I mean, are you totally serious? That's called a creative miracle. I told Wendy, why did I not know that? Oh, my goodness. I am stunned. I'm not shocked. I'm stunned. And I can't define the difference. But here's what I know. You can't fabricate a miracle. You can't program a miracle. The miracle is a result of presence. God's presence. It's kind of like you can't, you can't fabricate, program the presence of God in a room. Either he's here or he's not. And he keeps coming. These levels of increase of his presence. And hunger pulls on heaven. I mean, when you start talking about going to the doctor and there's another kidney there, do we have two kidneys in our body? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's an old one, a new one, a replacement. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, that's amazing. Crutches gone. I mean, those are the things that Jesus did. Well, you guys got to be a little, you guys don't. I'm the pastor here. Been so for about 22 years, 23 24, we're the founders, so you guys are all staring at me like the first time you've seen me, and I just wanted to say, God is so good, and it's time to be happy about it. I mean, I just got a, a text, is it okay if I open up my phone, because I know you have your phones open, I, know that, I don't know if you guys have your notifications on. You should turn those off. Put it in airplane mode. But, and I didn't know I was going to do this. Don't know, quite know what we're going to do today. I have a roadmap. That's about it. But I'm looking. Oh, man, I'm not good at this. Go, dubs. That's all I'm going to say while I stall. That's a heavy fasting and prayer time right now. Anyway, uh... Wow, that's a long list. Somebody just got healed in an ecclesia group of prostate cancer. And it was a text. It was, a, it was just a text, oh, by the way. See, that's when the supernatural becomes natural. Someone's healed of cancer. Right on, man. What's, what's the next thing we want to talk about? It's natural. You guys realize the times we're living in? Don't you guys sense the increase? To be a Christian and be bored is like crash landing. You know? Words that don't go together. Crash. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I did get up this morning at 2 a.m., because I'm still on the Philippine time. So, yeah, if we are bored as a Christian, then the problem's with you, not with God. Because he's all about adventure. Man, the amens. If, they, if I don't even get one or two amens, something. I've been gone only two weeks. Was I back here last week? I saw Andrew's message, phenomenal. Should have put a table out here instead of a pulpit and just sat down and talked with you. Do you realize that you're born to rule? No, I'm serious. Do you know that the kingdom of God is inside of you? 
The kingdom of God is not just outside of us, it's inside of us. That means that sickness is illegal. That means poverty is illegal. That means stress and worry are illegal because we're born to rule. We're born to rule. Doesn't it say in Genesis chapter 1 that we're supposed to have dominion? Wow, why did he just say fellowship? I mean, he could have used any word in Genesis 1. He chose that one, right? I'm going to ask you guys again. You're all right, right? So we have to stop living as a victim and start living as victorious because we are. I long for the day when we can just start talking about not what's happening to us, but what's actually happening to the enemy through us, right? That's, and when I hear people getting healed and the power of God coming and the presence of God filling a room and people are encouraged. They have hope again. And recognizing that we're more than conquerors in Christ, right? That no weapon formed against us prospers, right? That we can do all things. The Greek word for all is all. Man, you guys are tearing it up. You guys are doing so great. Turn to your neighbor and just say, you're tearing it up. Maybe you don't know what that means. All right, I got to, I knew this was going to be one of these days. I was talking with Victor. You guys know Victor and his wife? They don't know I'm going to do this right now, but I'm going to do it right now. So, I like being down here. So, how you doing? Good, good. Awesome. That was awkward. All right. Right here. What? Uh, Victor, you want to share? Mir- Miriam. Miriam, the tambourine. Yeah. Want to share your, your story? All right. You guys want to give her a hand? Listen. So... This is how awesome it is. I'm coming in about 10.25 this morning. I go out to the lobby, and I see these guys, and I see them on Facebook. You guys, I don't know if you guys ever see these. I don't know if you're following. They're on Facebook, and they're out preaching, and I say, hey, how's it going? So I just started talking to them, talking about ecclesia, all this governmental stuff. And so Miriam, just quiet, Miriam. She just shares these two testimonies. I'm like, dang. I'm going to have her share that Sunday morning, and I just... Kind of hardly don't even know her, but she's part of this house. All right, enough said. Let's go ahead. Why don't you stand up? Okay. So I I work for a workers' comp attorney. So there's a lot a lot of um, angel workers there. So you know I was preparing myself to do an intake for a new client, and this client is having trouble breathing, and then I hear the Lord telling me. Pray for him. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then I, at the end, when I'm done with the intake, I pray for him. And the next day, he subbed us out because he got completely healed. <laughs> I did. And then he said that he knew the Lord, but he was, he, he got away from him. And I told him that God loved him, and his eyes got watery, and he wanted to cry. So that's one testimony. The other one, this, um, this person walks in, and he was really, really rude to me. He was just screaming, and I want to see the attorney. He was just angry. And I was like, okay. So I interpret, you know, the attorney speaks English. Um, this person spoke Spanish only. Speaks Spanish. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> 
So, um, so this person uh, at the end walks out of the room when, she, when he's done talking to the attorney. Um, and then he stands there and he looks at me and he goes, the only reason I'm alive is because I have one little kid and he needs me. Otherwise, I would have killed myself already. And he started weeping. And I just felt so much compassion towards him. And I felt like the father's love for him. And, and I was like, man, you know, this guy treated me so bad. But then again, I feel so much compassion towards him. And I told him, can I pray for you? He said, no, I'm Catholic. I was like, I'm not sharing religion to you. I'm sharing the love of God. You know, God wants to heal you, so he loves you. And he said, well, okay. So I was like, can I lay my hands on your shoulder? He said, sure. And then I was praying for him because he had back problems and knee problems. So this guy cannot work. He's really, really injured. Um, so I was praying for him, and I was praying for his back. So I was like, how do you feel for your, from your back? He's like, oh, feels better. And then I, I felt led to pray for his knees. So I was like, can I touch your knees? He was like, sure. And I was just praying for his knees. And then he looks at me. He goes like, what have you done to me? <laughs> I looked at him and I'm like, nothing. It was Jesus. He's like, I have no pain. What have you done to me? He stood up, he started moving his knees. He was like, oh, I can't believe this. I haven't done this in a while. And he's like, what is it? What do you have? I was like, Jesus. <laughs> and then he left like in awe. Like he couldn't just not believe what just happened. <laughs> oh, hi, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm Miriam's husband, and, uh, you know, we've been just having a passion just to preach the gospel. Like, that's, that's our heart, just to reach the lost and to see the book of Acts in today's generation. And, uh, you know, yesterday we went to evangelize on the streets, and there was this lady there on a wheelchair, and we prayed for her. She had, like, multiple illnesses in her body, and two of the things that got healed from her was she healed her from his eyes, and she was healed. She was deaf in one ear. Yeah, yeah, she was totally here from her deaf ear. And this lady got saved and gave her life to Jesus. And uh, the last testimony is uh, my, this is my wife's cousin. And he just got saved like about, I would say, eight and nine months ago. And uh, he got saved and gave his life to Jesus. And we, we baptized him afterward a couple months. We uh, baptized him in, in, in the river. And, uh, and then one day when we were driving to work, because we worked together, we were just listening to worship and praising God. And I don't know where the Holy Spirit comes upon him and he begins to speak in tongues in the truck. And he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, it was totally awesome. And we're just excited for more. <laughs> wow. I mean, is there anybody else? I mean, you guys are tearing it up. Wow, that's so amazing. I'm scanning the room. Does anybody have pain in their body? If you do, why don't you stand up? If you're experiencing pain in your body right now, we want you to stand. Anybody else? Final call. It's usually, when you do these altar things, you know, sometimes it's like, if he asks one more time, Lord, <laughs> then I'll stand up. If you're experiencing pain in your body right now, we want to believe the Lord that he would instantly heal you of that pain. Is there anybody else? You have pain in your body. Would you stand up? Okay. All right. You can't, but, well, we're praying that you will. Yeah, all right. So let's, let's take a moment and let's gather around them. Let's take two or three. Victor, I want you to pray. <clears throat> and we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, you know, Jesus simply just commanded the healing, right? He just commanded it. And 
We just want to pray that the pain would leave. And you guys just go to work. You guys are, you know what? We're seeing way more miracles happening when you guys are laying hands on people. So just go ahead and then maybe interview them afterward and then see how the pain is from a scale of 1 to 10. Is it decreasing? And let's just take a moment. Let's just go after what he paid for, okay? And then I just want, I just want uh, Victor to go ahead. And just... okay. uh, Father, we just come before you right now. And Father, we just release your healing power right now over everybody that is afflicted with pain, God. We just command all pain in every parts of the bodies to just be healed right now, Father. In the name of Jesus right now. Touch them, Holy Spirit, with your healing power. In Jesus' name, Father. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go talk to them for a second, see how the pain level is. If it's a 10, it's, it's at the top. If it's has it dropped a little bit. And if, you, uh, if you're pain-free, just go ahead and put your hand up real high. If you're, the Lord touched you. We want to know about it. How are we doing? Yeah, talk to them. See how they're doing. That's what it's about. And please be honest with us, those who are being prayed for. <laughs> that would be awesome. All right, let's just go ahead and pray again. And then we'll get behind the word, right? So, Father, we just ask that uh, the presence of the Lord would come in the name of Jesus. And we just declare healing. Just declare it over them. I was just reading in the Gospels. Jesus just said, be healed. So we just say, be healed. We say, pain, leave. We say pain leave in the name of Jesus. All of it. Not half of it, not some of it. All of it. All of it. All of it. This is what you paid for, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Go ahead. Just talk with them for a moment. See how they're doing. Has anyone had breakthrough? Did anyone get breakthrough? Put your hand up if you, if you received breakthrough. Yep, okay, amen. Someone else received breakthrough? Praise God. Anybody else received breakthrough? <laughs> it's not by might nor by power, but by spirit, says the Lord, right? Amen. All right, that was fun. That was fun. That was super fun. All right. All right. Good. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you never know how the services are going to go. That's, that's where I want to get to. I want, I want kingdom predictability, right? And um, so this is our, this is our uh, second week back. Wendy did a great job last week as she shared. I was there for the ride. And uh, the Lord is doing some amazing things. They're now, pastors are now taking the notes that we gave them in the, the Philippines and preaching it in their churches. And I'm actually hearing some really great reports so they call it cascading the message. So we're believing that the Lord continues to release uh, the message and uh, that churches are transformed, right? And lives are being changed, all for God's glory. As we come into alignment with heaven, right? That's what it's all about, coming in alignment with heaven. And, uh, and so we've been on a journey too the last couple, well, I skipped a week, skipped another week, didn't really, okay. We talked about the kingdom, didn't we? And the kingdom is so important because that's God's government, is the kingdom. And if we don't have, you know, I'm, several years ago, I had far greater knowledge on uh, the country I live in and the government that I'm under here in the natural, but I didn't have, uh, I didn't have a lot of um, understanding of heaven didn't have a lot of understanding of God's government. 
And if Jesus is commanding us to bring heaven to earth, I think it's super important and vital for us to fully to grab a revelation on what's actually in heaven and bring it to earth. In other words, I can't bring what I'm, I, I really can't bring what I'm, I don't have understanding for, right? So, so the more, you know, the, the word says, the, you know, people perish for lack of knowledge. And it's like we have to gain revelation and wisdom on what the kingdom of God's all about so we actually, we can actually bring that reality on the planet. And it has to come in a very practical way. It can't come in a, it can't come in, you know, um, you know, a weird, strange way, um, but it, de- it does come in a very practical way. And I guess to the world, uh, healing might be a little strange, but when you come in with a liver condition and you're healed, that saves a lot of money in doctor bills. I mean, the kingdom of God is practical, isn't it? And if you have cancer and you're going through treatments and your cancer is instantly healed, then that, I, I'd say that your family is thankful, you know, your, the, your pocketbook is thankful, your relatives are thankful, I hope, you're, you know, they were all thankful for what God's doing. And I'm telling you, uh, I, I guess I marvel at healing in, I mean, I know that the Lord does, does amazing things in small ways, but when it comes to healing, it's all about presence, you know, it's just, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me. And even when somebody has, and it shouldn't be, right? It should be natural. And so we see the life of Jesus. We see what, he's, what he did. We hear the command that he says, even greater works than these shall you'll do. And you read the book of Acts, and, you, and you're looking at the word, and you're like, and you're saying, Lord, bring that reality here, not because uh, it's another notch in our belt, but it's actually changing people's lives. And, and it's every miracle is about releasing the nature of God in people. It's revealing the nature of God to people. So the person that's, you know, uh, that, that, you know, had healing just a couple days ago, you know, it's revealing God's nature, that he's not mad at them, that he actually loves them so much that even when they don't know him, he's actually bringing his healing power. And, and that's what the world is waiting for, isn't it? Waiting for the, the sons, of, like Andrew was saying, the sons of God to arise, to take their rightful place, and to actually move out and demonstrating the kingdom of God to a culture, to a world that's desperate to see God. And they're going to see God through us, right? I mean, they have to see God through us. And so the practical side, too, also is that the kingdom of God is inside of you. And that we need to be living in a place, not that we don't have trials, not that we don't face difficult situations, but the kingdom of God is in us. And, and that means that I have, a, I have a dominion mandate over everything that I have responsibility for. You know, I only have authority for, over what I have responsibility for. In other words, we can't have authority where we're not, we don't have responsibility. But where I have responsibility, I have authority. So if you, are, if, you are, if you have the responsibility to be a, as a husband, then you have authority. If you have responsibility as a dad, you have spiritual authority. If you have a responsibility in the, God's given you responsibility in the workplace, you actually have spiritual authority in that workplace. Because spiritual authority comes with given responsibility. Does that make sense? And so, so for like very practically for me, I have spiritual authority here because this is my responsibility. So I don't have to be timid. Walk in love, serve well. But in the heavenly places, I have authority. So when we understand our authority based on our responsibility, it gives us boldness. So we, we pray from a place of relationship based on the responsibility God's given us and given us, he's equipped us with authority and authority actually gives you the legal right to govern. Power is exercising your authority. 
power is the word, is the word dunamis, which means ability. So when we see in Acts chapter 1, when, or Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God came, but when Jesus promised his disciples in Acts chapter 1 that when power is going to come upon them, that is actually Holy Spirit ability to actually do what we've been given authority over. But if we don't feel like we have authority, then we lose. We give up. So that, then we're relegated to another legislation that comes from Sacramento, and they legislate. So is the city or is the region our responsibility? Then we have authority. The neighborhood you live in, God has given you authority because you have responsibility for it. But you have to own the responsibility. I could be a dad and I can deny I can deny that I'm a dad but that doesn't change my responsibility I'm still a dad I have great kids too Praise them Wow. God will give you things for you to steward and be responsible for, and he's waiting for you to step into the fullness of that spiritual authority to govern so he can give you more. Oh, you guys. If he's given me stewardship over what comes to me, then I have, I have the responsibility to govern that under the fear of God, and I have authority over what he's giving me. And if, I don't, if I'm not responsible for what he's given me, in other words, I'm not taking authority over what he's given me, then I've actually cut myself off from him giving me more. Oh, you guys, come on now. If the Lord is going to give me, he's going to give me to steward or to manage finances, then I have authority over my finances. But if I don't give back what's rightfully his, then I mismanage the finance he's given me and cuts me off from the true riches. Because we don't think kingdom, we think consumer. We think different than how he thinks. And if we don't understand kingdom, we actually cut ourselves off from the resources that heaven is wanting to give us, and then we get mad at God. Why aren't you meeting my needs? Well, what are you doing with the resources I've given you? And so we cut ourselves off. God doesn't want, God's not cutting you off. He's a gracious heavenly father, right? So then it's hard to sing the songs. He's a good, good father. Well, why, why is it hard? Because I'm not seeing it. But I'll sing it in faith and be disobedient. 
Oh, I've done that. I sang songs theologically right, and I know I'm living wrong. And I thank God for his grace. And I'm glad that he's faithful when I'm not faithful. But he's not doing a good job as a dad if he's not teaching me responsibility. Because every son and daughter needs to know responsibility. So we can't live in a place of consumerism and entitlement. We bring it right into his house. I'm not talking just about money either. But that's what the Lord's talking to me about. He bring, we bring it into his house. We come into his house. And it's a whole new world. Whole new world. That's all I know about the song. It's a whole new world. Isn't that Disneyland or something? Disney Cruise. It's just Disney. Aladdin. Aladdin. That's what we think about Christianity. Give it to me, Lord. Give it to me. Oh, you know what it's like to be there a thousand years, you know, or 10,000 years. Such a crick in the neck. (laughs) Remember that old movie, man? I love that movie. Kingdom is about being responsible with what God's given you and having dominion or authority over what God's placed in your life. You know that when you pass from this life, you will rule and reign with him in the next. What do you think is going to happen? Presto changeo? You're just going to go, and now I'm a ruler. This is the training ground right here. I mean, I like what Mike says, Bickle says. He's like, I'm training right now because I want to have a high level of rulership in heaven. He's not thinking about Oh, I'm going to hold back a little bit from the Lord. (laughs) Like, and then think, no, 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 no. The corner of this room, about that much of the corner of this room, if you took a rope and you went all the way to this corner, about two inches is what we're living in now. But eternity is what we should be living for And praise God, you're saved. Right? You're going to be with them. But there's so much more waiting. And if we don't have a kingdom mindset, then we're not going to really impact our culture. But I'm not even talking about our culture. I'm talking about this one on the inside. Because we could be all about it on the outside. Hey, brother, how you doing? How you doing, brother? Oh, I pray for you, brother. Right? We could, we could do it. I've done it. But I'm drying up on the inside. And I'm learning that I have to be responsible as a steward with what God's given me, and I'm talking about responsibility, not because God's a taskmaster, no, not at all. But you know, when my kids were growing up, because they're all grown up, Lydia just turned 18, or is it 19? Dang, you're tall too with those shoes. Man, I was standing next to you like six foot, all right? If you've raised kids, you know, right? 
16's coming. And they get that license. All right. You know what? We didn't, we didn't, we gave our kids a little, just a little bit of responsibility to see if they could do it. In other words, we didn't, we didn't, we just didn't open up the floodgates and do whatever you want when they were being, you know, small things. Like, we're going to go to this person's house, we're going to spend the night. You know, small things. We're just giving a little bit, just letting them out a little bit out of the nest, just a little bit. And I, and I tell my kids, you know what? Trust is easily broken, and it takes a long time to build. You can build trust for a long time in a moment. Break it. And then you have to go all the way back here, and you have to do it all over again. That's true. Parents. It's true. That's just, in, in God's, the perfect father. So he gives us a little bit. Are you going to manage it? He managed it. He was home at 10 p.m. He said he was going to be home at 10, and he was home at 10. Yay! Well done, good, and faithful servant. Son. Good, and faithful son. You're home at 10? I told you 10. You're home at 10. Well done. Mom's happy. Look at her. She's smiling ear to ear. Well, what does that mean? Oh, we're going to give them a little more? You do it with your own kids. I mean, it could be as little as five, six, seven. As they're growing up, you give them a little bit, you, and you, you're cheering for them. So I have to be responsible. This is not even my message, even though it's my message. I have to be responsible for what God's given me, and he's given me authority over what he's made me responsible for. That means, sir, you have authority in your house. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about spiritual authority. If the enemy is coming against you at your house, you have every right to stand up and say, no, sir. Not here. Adam had spiritual authority in the garden. He, ca- he was a coward. He should have just took the serpent, cracked its neck, and that's it. Done. Because it was actually, Scripture says that the serpent was cursed to the ground. So I think the serpent had... Feet, leg, legs, four legs. So easy for Adam just to go, adios. Lord, you got to make another one. (laughs) (laughs) Ma'am, you have every right to take spiritual authority over your family, over your children, over the culture in your home, you have that. God has given you that spiritual authority. Do not be a coward in the home. When we learn how to, it's one thing to understand our authority. It's another thing to apply our authority There might be a policeman that's sitting in this room right here. You have authority. When you actually go out and do something in your car and you get a phone call, now you're exercising your authority by going over to that house as a police officer. In other words, power is the ability and the actual doing. So we can't just sing... I have authority and not exercise the authority. What does that look like? Man, when you walk in the workplace, pray in the spirit. You have authority. You walk on campus, that high school, that junior high school, that university, you don't cower. You have spiritual authority. 
Put your shoulders back. Put your head up. Look to love people. Look to serve people. Bring people to Jesus. The Lord is waiting for people to actually move in their authority. Does that mean you go in and you tell the boss, hey, I have a... No, no, that's not a good idea. I don't want you to join the unemployment line. Because you're actually under his authority. So you got to understand your authority. But you're kingdom people. The kingdom's inside of you. Do you believe that? Also, Jesus is inside of you. Holy Spirit's inside of you. So if the king is there, the kingdom is there. Wow. Pray in your home. What does authority look like? What does power look like? Well, just look at the life of Jesus. He only saw what he saw his father doing. He loved. He served. He washed feet. He had compassion. That's what I love about that story. Compassion. I've read a book a long time about it's on healing. First chapter was compassion. If you don't have compassion, don't even go after healing. Because Jesus was filled with compassion and then he healed. What does that mean? Love people. Right? I mean, that takes us back to John 3.16. For God, so loved. Everyone say it. Say, so loved. Say it like, you know, like, so loved. Like you're preaching it. Don't be yawning. Say, so loved. Turn to your neighbor and say, so loved. (laughs) Okay, I should have done that. But so loved the world. We cannot be pharisaical and say, I don't want to touch the world. I don't want to be contaminated. In the Old Testament, right? Lepers had their place outside the village. In the New Testament, Jesus touched the leper. Oh, man, this story, which I was going to share with you, might just have to be next week, but... No, Luke 13. Oh. The woman who had the 18 years. Oh, I just got to read it. This makes it legal. I'm almost done. I'm going to close. Luke 13, 10 through 17. On, this, on a Sabbath. On a Sabbath. Of all the nerve, Jesus. Really? I mean, you couldn't pick, like, any other day? You picked a Sabbath? I mean, disgusting. On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. You guys know a synagogue was like a house, right? It was on a Saturday. That's when they met. Hope I'm right. Think I'm right. And a woman was there who had, who had been crippled by a spirit. Crippled by a spirit. We do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. 18 years, crippled for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. She was probably like this for 18 years. Can you imagine? 18 years. You can't even, you can't even prop yourself up. I mean, I can at least do that and get some like, okay. No, 18 years like this. Just looked up, probably asked for money. 18 years in a synagogue, which is a religious church structure. Jesus shows up at that synagogue. 
She was bent over, could not straighten up. Verse 12, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward. Whoa, what did that be like? I mean, she was probably the outcast. He calls her forward and said to her, woman, (laughs) you are set free from your infirmity. No interview. No, how old are you? How long have you been in this condition? You know, none of this. It's just like, woman, come here. You've been set free from your infirmity. Whoa. There's a man who understands his authority and power. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Wow. Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Puts his hand on her. The anointing goes into her body. Boom, she's up. And what's the first response? Praises God. Wow. Now, this is what religion does. Indignant. That's the word. Indignant. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath... The synagogue ruler said to the people, you know, there are six days for work. He missed the miracle. He doesn't even see the woman stand straight up. He doesn't see anything but his religious code. How can you not rejoice over a woman who has been crippled for 18 years? And be so concerned about healing on the Sabbath. Wow. Indignant. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, you know, there are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days. Not the Sabbath. We got to be careful with the gift of administration. I have an administrative streak in me, but we have to be careful about Jesus will break the rules for the sake of kingdom. Jesus, the rules are any other day. Here, it's in the policy manual. Read it for yourself. You should know because you say you're the son of God. The Lord answered, you hypocrites. Ooh. That is not good news. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Oh. Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years be set free on the Sabbath. From what bounder? Jesus untied the woman from her disease like they untied the ox and the donkey to get there. When he said this, All his opponents were humiliated. (laughs) I love the Lord. (laughs) But the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Wow. Jesus had the spirit without measure. He saw Father healing a crippled woman in a synagogue on the Sabbath. He sees it, calls it out, says, infirmity, leave, lay hands on her, boom. Life transformation. We have that same, it's 
It's the reality of a kingdom mindset versus a religious mindset. I mean, there's so many things going on in the story. But just to bring the, the point, it's releasing the kingdom where we are, where we go. It's, it's taking the will of the Father, the heart of God, into our workplace. It's understanding our positional authority, not, as, not just as sons and daughters, but we have dunamis power that he has given us through the Holy Spirit. Please occupy the place where he sent you. And I want to say this, too. This is really important. I'm not talking about you being arrogant, you being conceited, you saying, you know, that opposite, that spirit is not even in the kingdom. It's going in low. It's humbling yourself. It's, it's serving. It's loving people. It's prayer walking. Prayer walk. Prayer walk your workplace. Believe God for it. Believe God for your neighborhood. If you have unsafe family, believe God for your unsafe family. Like we have to, we have to learn how to, how to take authority and territory without being arrogant and cocky and all that stuff. Just love people. Right? So, is it Marcia? Mars, Mars, Miriam. Oh, tambourine, Miriam. Right? You just heard it. Work in 9 to 5 or 8 to 4 or 7, whatever it is. To, you're just doing your stuff. You know? You maybe had a, didn't have a great morning. You know, whatever. And there, here comes somebody, but the, she's already connected. She had to be already connected. Moved, her heart's already moved with God, with Father. That person comes, simple act of faith. He might not show up. He might. That's up to the, that's up to the Lord. Tears, healing. And I'm telling you guys, there's an increase in the Bay Area. You, you have to believe there's an increase that God is pouring out in our region. And I just want to encourage you, take our, um, move in authority in power where the Lord has made you responsible. That's the point. And let's believe God. You know, like, I'll talk about this next week. But when we talk about the yeast and we talk about the mustard seed, the point is small things are big in the kingdom. So look for the one, look for the small, and they'll be big. Okay, stand up. Please. Pretty please. Exercise that authority. Stand up. <laughs> keyboard. Where's our keyboard player? Where's? Do. It's Jordan. Why did I say that word? Yeah, that's weird. It's a, it's a word. All right. I want you just to take a moment. This is going to take about three minutes. Close your eyes, because I want you to just tuck yourself away with God right now. And I want you to ask the Lord, Father, what have you given me responsibility for? And I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. The immediate things will come, family, whatever. Ask him, Father, what have you given me responsibility for? I'll just give you 30 seconds. Ask him, how am I doing with what you've given me? 
Just ask him, how am I doing with what you've given me? Let him speak to you. just ask him, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Maybe there's a, a primary thing the Lord wants you to focus on. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, something he wants you to move into. Just ask him. Just, just you and Jesus right now. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. we want to acknowledge this afternoon that all that we have is yours. Lord, we want to acknowledge that we're stewards, not owners. We want to manage what you've given us well. And we want to be men and women who actually govern from a place of stewardship. That's with my family. If you're a student, that's the campus that you're, you go to school at. If, it's your, if you're an employee, it's the work you go to. If you're an employer, it's the people that you manage. We just wanna be found faithful. We wanna live from heaven to earth. So, Lord, we pray that you would clear away the things that are distractions or things that we have, mindsets that we have adopted. And, God, we're asking you for clarity from heaven. I believe you, Lord God, for every marriage that's in this room, for every child that's in this room, for every family, every household, for every business. for every campus, for, for the marketplace, for wherever you have, wherever our feet go, you've given us that stewardship to govern. And we do it with joy. We do it with adventure. And so, Lord, first we start with us. The kingdom is inside of us. We recognize your kingdom in me. I just want to be found faithful. I ask you, Lord, that you would extend the, the peg, pegs to the tent, so to speak. Like, extend it, stretch me. Stretch me. I want to be stretched. I want to grow. I want to be stretched. I want to be stretched. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to be, I want to be stretched. And you're a good father. You know how to stretch me. Because I know there's increase. There's increase for me. When there's increase for me, there's, it trickles into my family. It trickles into my, so many places. So, Lord, stretch me. Stretch me. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's say it together. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, 
May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven through me, through me, through me. And I know the plans for you. To give you a future and a hope. I know the plans for you. It's once filled with a good future and it's full of hope. We receive that, Lord. As your sons and daughters, as your people, and we'll go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth with praise before you. Oh, yeah. Teach us how to live from heaven to earth practically, not just some concept, but Lord, teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.